Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Well, good morning. It's good to see all your smiling faces. So we've been working through uh, the goodness of God. How many understand that God is good all the time? Amen. And the rest of you haven't figured that out yet, but that's okay. If you hang around long enough, you'll catch it. Now, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today before I actually get into the message portion of today's series, um, in Matthew 28, 19, and 20, you know, very well-known passage amongst Christians, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I want you to understand something that baptism to a believer, a Christ follower, one who's taking on the nature and character of Christ, people who call themselves Christians, it's a command. Can everyone say command? command? Not a choice, it's a command. And actually, from what I can understand in the scripture, it's the first act of obedience when you've surrendered your life to Christ, when you've, when you've acknowledged his lordship. First. Can everyone say first? So as we're talking about things like baptism, which is in the scriptures, they lay this out extensively, but I'm just going to briefly go over when you come to Christ, you get a new spirit. Your spirit comes alive before God. He gives you a new heart, okay? Uh, you gain eternal life. You get forgiveness of sins, okay? You get translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, okay? You're walking with God. You're born again is the language that we see in the book of John. From there, your mind has to be renewed every day. How many know this? There's a process by which we renew our mind to spiritual truth day in, day out. Every day you need to renew your mind and wash it with the water of the word of God. It's very important that we do this. But how many know that because you said a prayer and got born again, all of the sudden, all your problems went away and all of the bad, wrong thinking patterns and all of the, like, what changed is God gave you the ability to have your, to, to choose not to sin, as we talked about last week. Right, yeah. or the week before, I can't remember. But God gives us the ability to choose not to sin at that point so we can start activating faith in that direction. But there's this identification piece that so many Christians miss and then they struggle because they never understand that they're supposed to fully identify with Christ. The identification is as Christ was crucified, buried in the ground and then rose from the dead, we are to identify with him in that we go into the waters of baptism and we come up out of the waters of baptism into new life. Just like Christ died, we let our old life die with him in baptism. And there's a lot of Christians walking around and they haven't crucified their old life and they wonder why their flesh gets the victory in their life all the time and they wonder why they're walking in condemnation instead of conviction of the Holy Spirit. Why don't you guys stand with me for a moment? Don't want you to get too comfortable. But to continue on in this, 
In the book of Acts chapter two, the first sermon after the Holy Spirit was given, you know, Peter stands up and replies because, hey, what do we do? They were feeling convicted as he was preaching the word of God. Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. And what's it say? In the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Romans 6, 3 and 4. Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? I just explained that. For we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised by the de- from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Here's the thing. If you call yourself a Christ follower, does anyone identify as a Christian? That means you've surrendered your life to Christ and his lordship, and you're purposing to obey his commandments and his teachings every day. Okay? The first act of obedience as a Christ follower is baptism. So here's the question. If you've given your life to Christ, but you haven't been baptized, why are you still in disobedience to the command of Jesus? Only you can answer that. Scriptures are very clear. It's consenting adults they get baptized, or people that are having understanding. Scripture is very clear. There has to be a heart change first before you can get baptized. So we know that many parents baptize their children as infants in faith, that they're going to raise them in the way that is right. It's more of a dedication, really, than it is actually baptism by definition, biblical definition of baptism. That said, are you here today, Nikki? Nikki's up here. Nikki the Baptist. I think there's a tank full of water in the back and some other people, they've got to change your clothes. But if you've never been baptized in water since you've given your life to Christ, if you've never been obedient and taken that first step of obedience that God has called us to do, um, I want to encourage you right now, make a public proclamation of your faith, walk down here to the front, and they will get you baptized. They're going to teach you a little bit more, but come on down, it's okay. Yeah, come on down, guys. Come on down. I anticipate there's more people. Come on down. Congratulations, all of you. Keep coming. Yep, come on down. I told you we'd get you in this week. (laughs) Is there anyone else that needs to be down here today? You haven't fully, you haven't taken that step of obedience. Congratulations to all of you. Well done. Go and be blessed. Go ahead. You can be seated. So how many know that in September we started celebrating our 40th year of ministry as a church? And uh, Marilyn and Margie and Pastor Brian and Lynn, they've done a great job kind of going down memory lane with those, uh, I I guess you call them a vignette. Um, And they were reminding us where we came from as a local body of believers and kind of how we got to this place here in 2022. And I would like to present to you for the next few minutes the the final one of these vignettes, but I want to give you a little bit of a snapshot of where Windsor Christian Fellowship is moving into in this next season. And how many know that God is redeeming for himself a people from all peoples? Our assignment as a house, as individual Christians, is to partner with him in redeeming our communities. 
If you read in the book of Revelations chapter 7, and we're going to talk about this over the next, in about three weeks, I think. But after this, I saw a vast crowd too great to count from every nation. Everyone say every nation. Every tribe, right? And people and language standing in front of the throne. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. My Bible tells me that every nation on earth, every people group, every tongue, every, every is going to be represented in heaven. And they're all going to be there together, just like we all come to church together on a Sunday morning and we lift up holy hands. But we, the church, okay, the local, as, as we would call it, the ecclesia, the called out ones, the local body of believers, which are a individual local gathering that's connected to the greater body of Christ, the global church, everyone following with me? Okay. We lead people to Christ. We provide flourishing communities and we make the invisible kingdom visible. That's what we do. Now, as Christians or Christ followers, as I've been talking about, people who take on the nature and character of Christ, everything we do or should be doing revolves around what we now in modern day call the great commandment and the great commission. Let me explain this. Matthew 22, 36 to 40. You can find this also in Mark 12 and Luke 10. Um, a little bit of a little bit of a different iteration, but about the same. Teacher, they're asking Jesus, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? So what does Jesus reply? You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And then he makes this statement, and the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. I think there's like... 600 and something, 612 laws in the Old Testament, Old Covenant, somewhere around there, okay? Jesus summed all of that up in two statements. The Ten Commandments, he summed up into two statements. Love God, love others. This is what now we call the Great Commandment. It has to do with your love walk, okay? The second thing that we base our life on is called the Great Commission, which I'm gonna try to read to you. Matthew 28, 16 to 20, also Mark 16. Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The Great Commandment, the first one that I read, and the Great Commission, the second one that I read, the Great Commandment is about your identity as a child of God, okay? When you understand your identity in Christ, so many things will naturally flow out of that for you. It's about your maturity as well, and you can only mature when you interact with others, right? No people, no maturity. What do you mean? How are you going to develop your love walk? How are you going to develop maturity if you don't have other people around to learn to love? If there's no conflict, if there's no friction, how do you grow? Just wondering. Identity and maturity are centered on relationship with Christ first and with others. Okay. So, so we have to understand, you got to know who you are. If you're a Christ follower, then you take on the nature and the character of Christ and you act like Jesus acted. You do the things that Jesus did. You know what? I'm going to stay on maturity for a second. 
As a local body of believers, I believe that we are moving to a place of greater maturity. Christendom as a whole is very immature and people have lacked the ability to discern the voice of the Spirit of God. Now, there's pockets and there's people that are tuned in and tapped in and they're listening to the Holy Spirit and they're living a Spirit-led life as the Bible commands us to do. But especially in North America, there's a lot of apathy in churches. There's a lot of complacency in churches. They're immature. They're not obeying what the scriptures say first and foremost. You're not mature if you're not doing what the Bible says. Right? You're not. Or at least make an effort in that direction, walking in that direction. Okay. But there's, there's like, okay, immaturity, immature people versus mature people, totally different response in any given situation because they've perfected their love walk. Their love walk works better. You know, things like sexual immorality should have no place in the church, but they do. It does. And when we call people on that, they get upset sometimes and then they go gossip about us and then people believe the gossip and then they wonder why there's problems. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Let's, let's see. I'll just highlight a couple of things. I remember <laughs> some years ago, um, and, and this ties into my role as an equipper for the body of Christ, which I'm going to get to in a second. But this, this kind of is a segue for that section that I'm going to get to in a minute, okay? But I remember there was a guy that came in who had just gotten out of prison. And we have lots of people that get out of prison and come to church. I have no problem with that. But he had, he had done some very um, horrible things to uh, babies, okay? And, and at the time... Our policy was, you're welcome to come here, but we would like you to only hang out in this section of the sanctuary. I don't want you in the kids' church. Okay? And, and that's a protection for the individual, and that was a protection for the kids. So we put a restriction or a boundary on him. How many say boundaries are good? People don't like boundaries. Okay? Like two weeks later, I found him in the kids' church. I said, what are you doing here? You're not allowed down here. Oh, well, Jesus set me free. I believe Jesus set you free, but if you're really free, then you're going to follow what I asked you to do. Two weeks later, I found him in the playground. (laughs) So I just asked him to leave. You are not welcome here anymore, sir. We love you, but you're not welcome here. How harsh is that? Don't you want people to come to church? Yeah, but I have to protect the people that are in the church as well. That's part of my role. But here's what I'm getting to. He met some people in our community and started yakking about how he got kicked out of church. And they came and started yelling at me because, oh, he's such a nice guy. Why don't you let him come to church? And I'm like, did he tell you why I asked him to leave? <laughs> I can't give him that data though, can I? So what do I do? I say, well, you just got to trust us. And people go, oh, well, I don't know if I can do that. Well, then don't. People have lost their ability to discern what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church. Okay? Because they're... They're not listening. They're not praying. They're not reading their word. They're not growing in the things of God. They're not serving in the community and taking the talent God has given them and activating faith in that direction. Okay, I'll jump back to that in a minute. I'll go back to maturity. The Great Commission is our mission as a church, which is ultimately about making disciples who make disciples. This only happens through relationship and community. You only make disciples who make disciples when you have relationships with people and you have community. Now, our team here 
is committed to equipping the body of Christ for everyday discipleship. Our goal, our mission is to give everyone the tools so that the work of the ministry can happen. Have you read Ephesians 4, 1 to 6? Therefore, I, a prisoner, this is Paul, for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. And I plead with all of you, live a life worthy of your calling. Don't settle for less than what God has called you to. Don't settle for mediocrity. Go to the highest level that God has equipped you and trained you and called you to, okay? And all of you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. That's how we live. Be patient with each other. Make allowance for each other's faults because of your love, okay? Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace for there's one body, one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. Unifying text, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, in all, living through all. Incredibly unifying text for the body of Christ as a whole. But if you jump down to verse 11, he says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. What is the responsibility of what we call the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists? They equip and they encourage and they build up the body of Christ. Now, let me ask you a question. It says, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Does it say somewhere else that he stopped giving those gifts to the church? So, they're still in place for the church today, okay? So he gave gifts to the church. He never stopped giving those gifts to the church. The responsibility of those people is to equip the church, encourage the church. Basically, the fivefold minute, their job is to give you the tools so that you can do the work that God has called you to do and then cheer you on as you do it. Go, Steve, you can do it. Hawaiian shirt and all. You got this. See, I'm cheering for you. This is why we wake up every day. We want to make disciples. We want to do life with people in our community. We want to mature in the faith by loving people. Oh, and back to that word maturity again. See, if you come to a local body of believers, but you want to remain immature, you will be blown around by every wind of doctrine that blows through and you will be unstable. The truth is, if the only meal you eat every week is on Sunday morning once a month, you're immature, and you're starving. And the truth is, if you're only eating one meal a week on Sunday morning, you're spiritually deficient. I'm super glad that you're here, but you're immature. And we want you to start progressing to maturity so that you can dig into the word of God on a daily basis and start feeding yourself yeah, on a regular basis. Think about it. How many of you eat food every day? Yeah. Every other day? <laughs> How many of you never eat? How many of you eat once a week? You eat one meal a week. No takers. How do you spiritually expect to survive if you never learn how to open the Bible and feed yourself? See, when my kids were immature, 
we had to feed them. And oh, my poor wife. I used to laugh at her, but man, she would take that liquidy stuff and go to throw it in their <laughs> mouth, that rice syrup, and the kids would just go, <sighs> would go everywhere. And she would patiently scrape it up and get some more and shove it in. And I'd, eventually, though, they learned how to feed themselves. Yeah. And man, now they cook for themselves at all hours of the day and night. <laughs> they eat everything. But that's good. It's even better when they go out and get a job and they pay for their own food and feed themselves. <laughs> that's maturity. I tell people, knowing how to do things in life is one thing, but when you can pay your own bills, that's maturity. <laughs> Immature people versus mature people, right? Mature people love covers. Mature people gently restore and correct. You know, there's been, there's been a lot of drama in the Christian community over the last few years in Windsor. Okay. Not just here. Many churches have had a lot of drama locally. Okay. And the sad thing for me is the Christian community falls into gossip. They fall into believing lies about people. They fall into all kinds of things like that. They're immature. They have no ability to discern what the Holy Spirit is saying to them. And what happens is our job is to bring people from the place of immaturity to the place of maturity. But I assure you, when I'm sitting with my children and I'm giving them a consequence in their life to teach them something, I don't have to explain everything to them. Because sometimes it's the principle that I'm trying to communicate that they're missing. So we just have to continue working them through the process till they catch it. Yeah, they will. Oh, come on. This is, this is fun. <laughs> this is why we lead generations to Christ. Okay. Why? Because Christ loved us. Christ died for us. He purchased our forgiveness, our freedom, our healing. We desire to love Jesus, don't we? How many desire to love Jesus? You demonstrate your love for Jesus by obeying his teachings and commandments. Your actions will always speak louder than your words. We don't want to be a church that's old. We don't want to be a church that's young. We want to be a church where young and old come together and they worship together. Don't be offended by that language. Some are younger, some are older. It's okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 to 20. This means anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has began, begun. All of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. What's the task on our life? We reconcile people back to God. The truth is your love walk with God, you should have that automatically. And out of that, you want to reconcile people to him. He doesn't need you here to love him. He can take you to heaven and you can love him there. He needs you here to reconcile people back to himself. Amen. Think about that. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. You represent him here on planet earth. God is making his appeal through us. 
We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Then we want to connect people to God's master plan for their life. So many people, they never get on track with what God has called them to do. And they wander, they go in circles, they get stuck, they fall into pits. When you're on the path that God has for you, it doesn't mean that it's not going to have some dips and some valleys and some twists and some turns. But when you're listening to the Holy Spirit, he's guiding you, he's leading you. Romans 8, 14 to 17, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit. He adopted you into his own, as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with us, with our spirit, to affirm that we're God's children. <clears throat> Identity, I'm a child of God. We just sang it, okay? And since we're his children, we're his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we're heirs of God's glory. And if we share in his glory, we're gonna share in his suffering. So if you wanna be in the family of God, you're gonna suffer some stuff on this earth as we talked about the last couple of weeks. You're gonna walk through some stuff. But you also get to share in his glory, which we're all looking forward to. How many wanna share in the glory of God? I wanna see his glory fill the earth. I think that's what he wants to do too, right? We join with Christ in the family of God, redeeming the lost in our communities. Because how many know there's a lot of lost people out there? We empower them to succeed. Ephesians 4, if you continue reading from where I left off, then we will no longer be immature like children. Boy, that word keeps coming up a lot today. Wasn't even supposed to. Wasn't my design. Immature like children. We need to mature as the body of Christ. We need to be more engaged, more committed, more connected, more in tune with the Holy Spirit is saying to us. We won't be tossed or blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. I love those, the lies that are so clever they sound like the truth. Has anyone ever got into a conflict with someone? Have you ever sat down with two people that are in conflict and you listen to version one and version two? And you think... Oh my gosh, were they in the same room talking about the same situation? My brother who works in policing tells me that's why we separate all the witnesses so that they don't play off each other's testimony. And everybody, you know, one guy says it's a blue coat and someone else says it was green. Well, which was it? Lies so clever, they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who's the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Each part does its own special work. What happens? What's each part supposed to do? Are you a part of the body of Christ? Are you doing your own special work? Are you doing what God has assigned you to do? Are you fulfilling the calling on your life? Are you functioning in the role that God has for you in his community? It helps the other parts grow. When you're obedient and do what you're supposed to, everyone else around you grows as well. And it brings them to maturity so that the body can be healthy and growing and full of love. As you mature in your relationship with Christ, it will affect how you lead and interact in your home, in your workplace, and in your communities. Your maturity level determines your level of influence. You need to grow the kingdom of God. We live 
and we were created to live as image bearers where our lives illuminate the truth by the power of the Holy Spirit to those we interact with. The image of God that we were created in is most fully realized when we mature in our love walk with others. When you're a mature person who loves people, this reflects the glory and the goodness of God to our culture, to our communities. You know, people should desire the hope that you have within you. But are you reflecting that to others? See, that ties in with today's lesson because some Christians complain more than they're thankful. They murmur all the time and they gossip all the time and then they wonder why no one's attracted to that. How many of you have been around a complainer? Has anyone ever been around a complainer? How many like being in the presence of complainers? You ever work next to a complainer? Man, headphones, they're such an amazing invention. La, 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 la. Why would people want to follow Christ if all you ever do is whine and complain? We want to grow the kingdom of God. Our goal, our goal, we want to equip the congregation, the body of Christ, with the tools necessary to serve him and to mature. One of the measures we have is engagement. Something we can actually measure is engagement. But are you participating in redeeming your communities with us? We should all be maturing. We should all be serving. We should all be giving of our time. We should be giving of our talents, the skills that God has given us. We should be serving. And we should also be serving with our treasure, our money. We should be sowing into the kingdom of God. There's things like connect groups where people mature. There's volunteer roles where people serve in the house, people serve out of the house, out in the communities. Local bodies of believers thrive when everyone does their part. When everyone does their part, sacrificially serving and giving while we continue to mature and learn. Economy is only prosper when everyone has a chance to contribute. I think that's Dr. Ann Bradley said that, but there's a lot of truth in that. When everybody gets to do their part. And, and some of you say, well, I don't have a lot of skills. Listen, it doesn't require a lot of skill to pick up a vacuum cleaner and vacuum the floor. It doesn't require a lot of skill to sweep the stage, wash the windows, shovel the snow. It requires a little bit more skill to stand up here and sing. I can't do like Nadine, and you don't want me to. I think she was standing here. That's why I'm focusing on Nadine. But, but what happens is all of us have the ability to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do, but are you listening to what the Holy Spirit's voice is telling you to do? Some, I, I see you sometimes... Uh, Lisa, you pray online with our stream and we put our prayer stream out there so that people all over the world can log in and pray with us and have a source of inspiration and hope for their day. And people do. People join into our stream. And, and what happens is we, the local body, need to join together under the banner of our Lord and Savior Jesus and change our world. Yeah. And if we're obedient to the assignment on our life, we'll do that. Okay, so this is where we're going. This is where the church is headed. 
We want to influence our community to the place that, you know, I've heard it said, if your church shut its doors tomorrow, would the community know you're gone? I'd like to say yes, and I think the answer is yes. But I want to make it such a resounding yes. Such a resounding yes that we're influencing. And this, this leads to mature Christians engage the culture. They don't run away from it. There's this whole concept, oh, Christians aren't supposed to be involved in politics and share their opinions. What? How are you going to be salt if you don't share your salt? How are you going to be light if you don't let your light shine? If you don't open your mouth and say something, how are they going to know the truth? There's so much deception and lies out there about the world and the world that God created and how it's supposed to work or how they think it works. They can't even get the science right with this evolution garbage. Evolutionary scientists understand and realize that the theory is dead in the water. It's a dead, they still teach it. It's an empty philosophy. It's already been disproven by their own scientists, but they got nothing else to grasp on. Oh, life was seated here on crystals by aliens. So let's go from stupid to asinine. Why do Christians feel so ashamed to stand up for what they believe is truth? This is where we're going. I want to highlight, once again, we have our multicultural service coming up in a couple of weeks on the 20th. And we actually have some very special guests coming in that day, but we'll talk more about that later. And uh, in the afternoon, there's a bunch of people that have committed to, to cook some dishes. <laughs> And you'll be able to go to our fellowship hall from like, I don't know, is it 12, whatever, one to three, just look at the, get the, get the newsletter. It's in the newsletter. I can't remember times. Too many, too much numbers in my head. But on that day, we're doing a fundraiser for Matthew. Can everyone say fundraiser? Fundraiser. Which means it's not the free church lunch. I love you, but this is not the free church lunch. But you can bring the fam and some money that you want to sow into a ministry that's working with refugees locally. And you can buy some tickets and you can trade those tickets for some samples and some portions of the dishes that some wonderful people are going to sit down and make for us. And it's going to be fun. And it'll be our own version of Carousel the Nations for a couple hours. And you can invite your friends and family in the community in so that they can participate with us. And it's going to be a fun day. It'll be a fun day, fundraising for Matthew House. And they're going to have a booth here. And Okay. Now that I've used up most of my time talking about my vignette, I will conclude the goodness of God with the grateful response. <laughs> Let's lead, listen to some scripture. Colossians three fifteen to 17. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. Always be thankful. Did you hear that? But wait, it's there again in the next verse. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. There it is again, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Three times in three verses, we're told you need to be thankful in all that we say and do. Psalms 100 verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Do you know that you don't even enter into the gates without thanksgiving? Yeah. 
You wanna get in God's presence? It starts with thankfulness. It's kind of like the password. Some of you that are a little older would remember this term, open sesame. Sentry enforced, I can't even remember the acronym, it's a long time. But you remember open sesame, you had to know the password. You know, what's the secret knock? If you know the secret knock, you wanna get into God's presence, thankfulness. That's the attitude that positions you best to enter into the presence of God. Because when I am thankful to my creator for all that he has done for me, my approach is, God, you're so good to me and I am grateful to you for all that you have done. How can I serve you? But so many times we walk or try to walk into the presence of God and, okay, God, this is what I need today. Give me this and give me this and give me this and I want this and I want this and I want this and boy, we're selfish, aren't we? There's no crucified life there. There's no humility there. It's all about me and what I want. That's not how we approach Christ. He is the supreme ruler of the universe. Don't forget that. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Worry bad, pray good. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Together, as you're making your request known, there's thankfulness. God, I thank you that you are so good to me and you provide for all of my needs. And by the way, I need a little help with this. Then you'll experience his peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I I get a sense as I read the scriptures that we're supposed to be thankful and give thanks to God continually as a lifestyle. We're Christ's followers, remember? We live life like Jesus. How many times through your scriptures do you read that Jesus gave thanks? There was many times Jesus gave thanks. Don't fall into the whining and complaining trap. Murmur, 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 whine, 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 complain, complain, complain. You can do that, but it's not a mature, it's not a mature response. Complaining is a sign of immaturity inside of your life where the character of Christ is not more fully formed. Are you calling him immature? Uh, Hey, the data is the data. If the shoe fits, you're going to have to put it on. John 14, 15, if you love me, Obey my commandments. Isn't that what the Bible says? How many love Jesus? Stand up with me if you love Jesus. You're all standing or most of you are standing. So the the thing is, you know, if you love Jesus, you want to obey his commandments. And, And one of the things that he's commanded us to do is love him, love others, and then go tell others about this love that he's placed within us. He's commanded us to be grateful and thankful at all times. So when we take the bread, as we come to the table to participate in the Lord's Supper, the communion, you know, as some call it, we break the bread just like his body was broken. And then we give thanks and say, Father, I thank you that the son went to the cross for my sin and his blood was shed and that his body was broken to purchase my healing and freedom. So today, Jesus, help us to have a grateful response to your goodness in our lives. Help us, Lord, to be obedient to the assignment that you've placed on our life. That we would unashamedly stand up for you in every opportunity that you give us. That we would live a spirit-led life listening to the direction and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you for healing us and for releasing us from the curse today in Jesus' name. And Father, for the cup of the new covenant, your blood shed really to, to pay the sin debt that we had to pay for our sins. And Lord, you endured so much humili humiliation, pain, suffering, hardship on my behalf because of my wrong choices and my wrong actions. Father, forgive us for not being thankful. Forgive us, Lord, for being selfish. Forgive us for not listening to the leading and guiding of your Holy Spirit and forgive us for neglecting to pray. Forgive us for prayerlessness. Forgive us, Lord, for not spending time in your word to renew our mind to truth so that you can transform us into your image and likeness. Father, at the table, we release others who have sinned against us and I thank you that you can forgive us as well. In Jesus' name. So as we prepare to go this week, back into the world, outside of this safe gathering where we go back out there. I want to encourage all of you, let your light shine. Be obedient. Maybe you've never been reading your Bible on a Just start reading for five minutes a day. If you've never really prayed daily, start praying for five minutes a day. There's a great app called YouVersion. They even have a little video devotion you can do with a scripture to help you with this at the beginning. But I believe that if we all work together and follow the assignment that God has placed on our life, we're going to influence not only our city, but our planet. Windsor Christian Fellowship, you have been equipped. Now go. Amen. Blessings. <laughs>